come here every year. I've been watching you for a long time. Leave us alone! I've always been here, waiting, but you couldn't see. Man, what a hideous, ugly place. I like it. It's a statement. Joe and Scott, Hello. and we're just another movie night. This is our segment, Talking Trash. It's talking Trash. Um, <laughs> where we what else? dissect it, rip dissect it apart, it, and tell you all about it so you don't have to watch it. Too. Yeah, we don't want you guys to be subjected to these trashy movies. So This is why yeah. we do this. And we actually like watching trashy movies. We watch them too much. Way too much. Recently watched a movie on Amazon Prime called He's out there. It's not a new movie. It's from 2018, and it stars um, Yvonne Strahovski. Or, yeah, Strahovski. Yeah. Strahovski. Uh, she was in Chuck. She was on Dexter. Miranda in, in Mass Effect. Miranda in Mass Effect. Uh, Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. She's uh, really pretty, and she's a decent actress. She was found so attractive in Mass Effect that they had to remove her her sexy body from the remake of the game, which is mind blowing. So yeah, so, we watched this movie. I, I don't know. Was this a theater movie? Do you think? Um, I know I we watched it on prime because that's where it's streaming. No, I don't think this was a theater I, movie. I wonder if it was like an app, like if it was released on an app. I have no idea what, because there's problems in this film that don't seem like it was released in theaters. It feels like it's one of those movies that was dumped on streaming. Yeah, I don't think this movie was released in a theater. I think it was like straight to streaming. Jump right in this movie. It is. It starts off decent. It starts off with a strong setup, but then quickly falls apart as soon as the villain starts becoming more prominent. So to start off the movie, we are introduced to a woman and her two kids, and she seems to be having a fight with her husband because they're going on vacation and he decided to do last minute work. So he is going to meet them at their gorgeous, incredibly expensive lake house. Yeah. In the middle of absolutely I mean, nowhere. Literally so, um, nowhere where there's like, I mean, probably acres of just trees. They actually show it and it is legit in the middle of absolutely nowhere. She, she's leaving. She's mad at him because he's going to stay and do work. And he's deciding, and instead of waiting for him to go with him so they can go together, she's deciding to leave without him and have him meet them later, which is is really strange because what he's saying is, I'm only going to be a few hours late. So why couldn't she just wait a few hours? Yeah, I don't get it. What was the rush in going to this cabin in the middle of nowhere with two small children by yourself? Um, when you could have just waited an hour and a half. It is weird. It, it, it was just so weird how they decided to go up separately. 
which I guess they needed to because then, you know, movie. movie. And, and I would say that what also gets introduced instantly in the opening of this film, I think even before the title card, we are introduced to the fact that these kids, one in particular, is completely stupid. She is deciding to draw chalk outlines around her car on a, I guess they live in the city. Yeah. And she's doing it on the street. On a busy street. And she decides to draw out into the street, into traffic. Now, I don't think she's young enough to still want to not, you know, not know how traffic works. Right. I think that she seems the age that she knows that cars can kill you, but she doesn't. And, and the other thing that's set up is the mother also doesn't realize where her kid is. And that's set up. And the reason I bring this up is this is extremely important. This happens numerous times throughout the film. Mm-hmm. They want you to know this mother's awful at, at taking care of these two kids. And these kids are absolutely clueless. Yep. They start driving, and the husband says, I'll see you there. So they start driving. We get the title card, the, the long trip. And as soon as we get to the cabin, this, this lake house, there's a gate. And we are introduced to a guy who just shows up out of the blue. Yep. And instantly, it's that rednecky kind of guy. He's got the baseball cap, the whole, the whole nine, like the whole truck. Everything you can imagine in one of these horror movies. He just looks like a, a redneck. Just a tip, your typical, typical redneck. Guy. And he just shows up on, on the scene as soon as she arrives at the cabin. Who are you? I'm Owen. Uh, hi. That's, I feel like that's he's waiting like, for her. Yeah, like he was like waiting for her or stalking the house or something to that effect. And what's really great is, of course, he's very rapey in a weird way. Like he seems, he comes off very forcing. He's hanging on the window. She, he won't let them drive away. He's telling her, you know, he's looking at the kids. He's asking about the kids. He's asking about her, where her husband is. It's very, it's such a red herring off the bat. It's setting up, this is the villain, right? This is going to be the villain. He has the key to the gate. He can get it open for her because he's the groundskeeper in the area he goes around. But he also tells us the plot, which is, it's just so typical of these horror movies. He says, he starts saying, oh, you know, there was a, there's no families living around here. You know, I'm your closest neighbor. There was a family living here at one point, but their kid went missing. They never found them. And then they put a house up for sale and you bought it. I'm going to pass it to the local security around here. <laughs> Probably because me and my family are the only ones that live here year round. Wow, well, I wish we could do more of that. What, living? <laughs> There used to be two families living out here. Other family lived right here in your house for years. The other boy went missing. Missing? About my age. Name was Johnny. He was kind of slow-witted, if you get what I'm saying. Oh, and never found him? No. Family was real tore up. Put the house on the market, never seen him again. Now, yeah, like, thanks for that. What's really interesting is, how does this woman not know that this is a, a case? That there, a kid went missing at the house that she, loved, that she bought? Yeah. It, I mean, not, you don't always know the history behind, you know, houses you buy. I, I mean, we could easily be told. living in a house where someone was, you know, hurt or 
you know, whatever. We don't know the, the history of a I, lot of the time. Yeah, but, that's a big deal when a kid is still missing and it might still be an active crime scene. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is true. But I don't, I, I'm not going to fault her for not knowing the, you know, whole history of the house. Yeah. He lets them in. He, he lets helps them, them get in, in the gate, helps them get in the gate. And then, you know, bye. You know, yeah, and then the red herring is set up. They get into the house. The kids start being idiots, and they run around the, the house. They're running around the, the forest. They're running around. The, the, apparently, this place is huge. There is a deck going out into the lake. Mm -hmm. There's a giant lake. Of course, they're playing near the water. The mother just looks out and says, hey, don't play near the water. They continue to play near the water. Yeah. They run. There's another side house. I don't know what it is, but it looks like a tree house. It but looks, looks like, like a, a real like a house. little playhouse, or like maybe a little shed that's like made up to look like a like a tree house. It it was weird. We never even know what's in there. It's odd. This while they're doing, out. these kids are playing. The mother's inside the house. She's setting up. Um, she's taking care of the daughter's ugly doll. So it's so disturbing it's looking. It's so disturbing of a doll that. There's no way that a child would ever have this doll. Think Robert the doll. I mean, Robert the doll, you know, look him up on Google. Uh, he is gross. He is whoa, very whoa. old. You don't want him to hear oh, this. Oh, sorry, Robert. Yeah, I don't, want, don't want to hear, hear this because you'll curse me. But it's what, it's yeah. like a raggedy Ann that's been rubbed through the mud. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah. pooped on and his eyes gouged out. It's and it's just the most disgusting doll that. No little girl of her status would have like it's she she seems like a little Malibu Barbie type kid. So there's no way that she would have this doll. It, and the doll does have a prominent role in this movie. I guess. But well, I mean, it, you know, she does have a prominent role in this movie. <laughs> it's just so weird. These these two kids. But and, the, and this is the best part is the mother goes and lays on the bed. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like oh, I'm so happy to be home. Yeah, you while know, the kids so are happy. running around by they're, the by the water. They're just near the lake. They're on swing sets near yeah. near the forest. She doesn't know where the hell they are. Um, and she gets a call from the husband, and the husband is now telling her, like, I'm almost I'm gonna be there soon, while he's calling from a convenience store type of situation. I don't know where he is, but he says he's on the road. Right. And he's looking at toys. And he particularly picks out two toys, one being a music box that is your typical music box from every movie. Mm -hmm. And when he gets to the counter after hanging up with her, because she's like, I, you're running later than I thought. And he's like, I'm on my way. I'm on the road. Buy me eggs. Oh, hey, eggs. I forgot eggs. Eggs. Okay. He gets up to the counter and he meets a cartoon character <laughs> that also sets up a red, red herring. What did you do? That's what the character cartoon, actually asks. Cartoon her. character meaning like she's just a big a parody of herself. There's no human being in the world that would ever ask a person buying gifts. What did you do? She says, well, she's just looking at him with her arms crossed, pissed off face. And she says, what did you do? And he goes, what do you mean? I didn't do anything. Hi, uh, I'd like these gift wrapped, please. And uh, two bottles of your best Merlot. So what'd you do? Nothing. Cut away. Now that's another red herring. That's two red herrings set up. 
we think automatically that the husband is up to no good, that maybe has a second family and he's buying presents for someone else, then he was lying about going to work. Two, we have the guy at the gate. Yeah, the guy at the gate's name is Owen. Doesn't really matter though. Yeah. Two red herrings. Then suddenly, while she's laying on the bed after talking to her husband, the two we see the two kids playing on the swing set. They see what looks like red yarn. They follow the red yarn into the forest. And we don't see what happens. But she starts panicking. Where are the kids? She can't get them. And she starts panicking. But she's not running outside looking for them. She's looking around the house and looking out the window going, kids, kids, kids. And then she starts going, oh, maybe I should go outside. So she goes to open the door. And then the kid's playing on the deck. They're out on the porch in front right. of the door. So, but time has passed where they did follow this this red yeah. yarn into the forest. Well, we find and out later on what happened. Out later on what happened. So they're following the yarn, well, and then cut to wanna... the next scene, and they're bouncing all yeah. happy up the steps to the front of the house where the mother comes out of the house and she's like, "Oh, girls, I'm making pizza. Come on inside." All right, well, get changed and come on down. I'm gonna make some pizza. Oh, well, yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to make you guys pizza. She sees that. Well, she brings the kids up to their bedroom to get their stuff unpacked. And one of the kids is visibly hiding something under her shirt. And she hides it in the drawer. The drawer. Yeah. <laughs> she hides it. Yeah. She hides it in a way and, and the mother sees it. She says, what, what is that? What did you just hide? And she says, oh, nothing. I found something for daddy. When daddy gets here, I'm going to give it to him. He's like, can I see? She says, no, it's a surprise. Okay. That's all the mother okay, says. So this is mother, bad mother parenting times three so far. Yeah. I'd be like, you strike, found some shit. Let me look at it. What is strike it? three or four. Like, I think for where'd so you far. find this? Like, you don't, you know. Yeah. You brought something in from the woods. I don't really know if that's a good thing. You yeah. missing for if a little not bit. Gonna I'm not going to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. So then she says, okay, come on downstairs soon. I'm going to make pizza and we're going to read our book. Now, apparently in this house, they have a, a children's book that, again, <laughs> since this is a horror movie, all children's books and horror movies are the scariest things you it can read. It has to be the scariest book of all it's time. Like, like, what is this book and why is this child reading this? It's, so it's like, it's, it's like Tim Burton's childhood. Yeah, it's like a double whammy because not only does this one kid have this horribly disfigured, disgusting doll. But she also has a creepy book. There is nothing dark here, you crazy old bird. The sun shines so brightly, that's completely absurd. But the crow laughed out loud and said, you silly little rat. Don't let the darkness hear you talking like that. Now there's one thing to do, so listen to me. You must see it first if you wish to be free. That the mother just doesn't have any qualms about reading to these kids at all like they're not little little kids they're like you know maybe i would say what seven and nine maybe so i'm sure they can handle it but it is a dark and creepy book it's weird it's it like is. a raven and it looks like an evil sack boy There's some kind of talk about like uh a weird cryptic like yeah things in it it's just bizarre and there's it's an bizarre. odd drawing of the swing set and a person pushing the kids on the swing set. Yeah. And they, she says, did you guys draw this in the book? No, it was already there. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then suddenly, the one daughter is acting very strange. Yeah. Like, very, 
all of a sudden you think this is going to be a possession film yeah. out of the blue because this daughter is acting bizarre. Well, the one talk. that had the, um, that the object. No, not the object one, but the other one. Uh, the It looks like the youngest daughter, the younger sister. Yeah. And she starts acting very strange. She's not talking. She's clammy looking. She looks white as a sheet. She's just acting very off. She's just staring around for no reason. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe it was the burnt pizza that the mother served them because the pizza looked burnt. <laughs> pizza was gross. Uh, it looked <laughs> like uh, Anthony's coal fire in your oven. Like, you know, it was just odd. You don't want to eat your pizza? Yeah. Um, and she says, oh, she's just sick. Let's put you in bed. That's that's it, right? She doesn't really do anything but put the daughter away in the bed. And then the other sister, while the mother left them in their beds, she says, are you okay? And instead of saying anything, she just rolls away and, and looks at us in the camera. Yeah. So we're thinking, is oh, this a possession? Yeah, yeah is this possessed. possession? Like, yeah, what there is was something movie? in that forest that possessed her. Something like that. We didn't know what the heck was going on. She just turned over. It was really, really weird. Yeah. Then I guess it's the middle of the night. The husband still hasn't shown up. And it's really not the middle of the night. He was supposed to show up by by 11 p.m. That's what they were saying in the movie. Well, but it's, it's much later than that. It, yeah, it's late enough for her to be had fallen asleep waiting for him. Yep. And she is startled awake by her older daughter saying, "Mom, mom, something's wrong with the other sister." Yeah. So and her she gets up, Maddie. And of course, she finds her. In a, the other thing that you see in every horror movie, her hiding in a like a uh, like a fort tent, like all kids in horror movies have tents. Yes, and she's in that tent with the light for no reason. The windows open. She's staring out the window. Yep. It, it, this seems like a whole nother movie. All like of a we we feel like this has turned into not a um, family going away and being terrorized type deal, but literally a possession movie. It is very odd, and it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense for the scene because you're like, what is this movie becoming? Like, what is going to happen now? And she's still not talking, but they, she runs her to the bathroom because she says, um, you know, she seems sick. I, you know, whatever. I'm going to get you aspirin in the bathroom. Right. She brings her to the bathroom. She starts puking like another horror so, movie thing. She starts puking. Yeah. Up. And then it's another like possession. Thing. She starts gagging and reaching down her throat. And the mother's like, what is happening? And you, we don't know what's happening. It's so out of the blue. And she reaches into her, her daughter's throat and she pulls out some kind of. Like, it's like a ribbon. It's like a, it's like a ribbon. It, it's like one of those little like um, fabric, like ribbons that you wrap gifts with. Um, and on it. It says help me. It says, no, it no, says, says hello. Oh, I thought it said help me. It says hello. Okay. Um. <laughs> That is insane. We don't know what. And then the other daughter says, she's like, did you eat something? Yeah, we found something in the middle of the forest. And then we cut to what happened in the forest. Yeah, so they're following that red yarn through the forest. And it leads to this ridiculous little Alice in Wonderland cupcake tea party. So naturally, one of the little girls is like, oh my gosh, it's a tea party. Wee. Maddie. And so they go over to the tea party and there's like, you know, cupcakes and all sorts of things. And it's beautiful looking. It's very, very 
pretty looking. And so naturally any kid would be like, oh my gosh, I, I gotta- I gotta stick this, this gotta, in my mouth. Yeah. I have to eat this I thing. have to eat this. So it was Swan's sister, Maddie, took a, a bite of the cupcake. She ate it all down. Yep. And so- The other daughter didn't. She took it home to give to daddy. And this is the sister that's throwing up. So obviously something is not right with the cupcake she just decided to eat in the forest. I was randomly sitting there. Yeah. You know, because- you know, kids are taught at a very young age to just go ahead and eat everything. Eat it up. If it looks like a beautiful cupcake, Jesus. it goes in your mouth. I mean, it was, I mean, how dumb can you be with these kids? So, so the one, the one sister doesn't eat the cupcake. Yeah. She's the one that tells the mom, hey, she's lying. She ate something in the she forest. She says she didn't eat it. But yeah. Then and she's like, she's not telling you, but she ate something in the forest. Is it what, I, I didn't eat mine. I brought it home for dad. So she runs up to the room and she grabs the cupcake that she was hiding mm -hmm. and she opens it. She rips it open and it is filled with what I would say is mutagen from the Teenage Ninja Turtles. It like, looks like it looks like the, the ooze. Like, it, it yeah, looks like, like double dare. There's like green <laughs> slime in it. It's disgusting. It's sludge. But the best part about that is that inside the cupcake is a little blue ribbon. And on it, it says goodbye. So the one cupcake that the one sister ate, Maddie, her ribbon said hello, and the one in the other cupcake said goodbye. So if this little girl ate this cupcake and she got to a green gel, how could it have tasted well enough for her to keep eating yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Like, do you notice when things taste like shit? Because obviously... <laughs> This kid doesn't know when things taste like shit. I mean, she swallowed ribbon. She swallowed ribbon. It's crazy. Now, I would say that this has got to be the most toxic poison ever, but she's doing pretty good. I, I'm thinking the reason that she's acting so strange is she's tripping. That's all I kept thinking. She's on some crazy hallucination, yeah. like trip. Ride. But all we saw was that she was puking and, you know, then and she, she had this crazy clammy. rash she's... on her neck and. She was like really just not doing well. She looked she's very like, like she was just gonna heal over any minute. Yeah, she starts um, not breathing well. And that's when the mother starts running to call like hospital. Yeah, she started calling 911, but oh. The phone's dead. The phone's dead. And then that's when we start getting the villain showing up, which is a guy in a mouthless potato face. So he looks like Dark Man. Yeah, he's like, it's like bandage almost, but it also kind of looks like a clay on his face, but we can only see his eyes. He's also wearing the typical, you know, a home invasion guy. He's got a, uh, like a, like a hood, like a hat, the little hat that you wear, yeah. uh, the black hat, the, the jacket with the, with the, with the hood hanging out. Yeah, he's got like all of the things all ready. The, the normal, like, you know, creepy stalker things. Um, so naturally, you know, when I saw him, I was like, oh, great. Okay. So this is Owen. This is the monkey talk guy, guy yeah. that, you know, the redneck that came with the truck in the beginning of the movie and helped her get in the house and open the gate for her and everything. This is him because we have not met anyone else. Well, I kept thinking this is the husband or this is one of those movies where the husband paid someone to terrorize his family. Yeah, obviously we saw House on the Bayou, and then that's kind of like what that idea in our head. Well, I thought, well, we've only met two people. Yeah, and only two it, people. The, the, the redneck guy is just the obvious character. Yeah. The husband is 
something strange here. We got a red herring about this. Why are you buying yeah. gifts from a cashier that didn't need to be in the film? It, it's just throwaways. So yeah. then we just start getting the typical home invasion torture movie where mm-hmm. he is driving them crazy. We, we hear footsteps on the second floor. They don't go up there. We hear a smash. Then he's outside. He is all over the place. He's, he's all teleporting. Over the place. Yeah, and I, I kept saying there's got to be multiple. Right. That's when we thought there was like multiple, uh, like maybe just a whole like gang of, you know, bullies out there just trying yeah. to terrorize the family. My instant thought was this is a ripoff of The Strangers. This is yes. a Strangers. It could have been, and it actually can, it should have been called Strangers 3 or prequel, you know? Yeah. But it could have been anything because, in, but instead, it's one guy. One guy. It's one guy out there, okay. and he's doing incredible feats. Yeah, incredible he is literally feats doing stuff that I mean, it, it's like supernatural. So the stuff that he's doing. She runs out to, to, with the kids to get in the car. The car's tires fall off. That means yeah. he literally was outside during the night. This guy was secretly and silently undoing the the caps of the car and taking off the wheels. Yeah. That is and hilarious. It, I mean, it's amazing how how silly and goofy this is, considering that he literally had to take so much time to set up all the uh, terrorizing that he did to this family. You know, like the book that the kids were reading, he, you know, somehow got his hands on that book and made additional drawings in it. Yeah. He had time to do that. He had time. Which made me think this is the husband. Because no, right. how would anybody else know that they're here? Who got ready for it? Right. There's so much setup and preparation for this. Yeah. And it continues to get more and more hilarious as the movie goes on. It, the husband shows up. We yeah, see the see, husband yeah, sleepily driving to the that. place. Yeah, yeah, we thought that it was the husband and he, like, you know, something's up with him, you know, because husbands are usually, you know, no no good in these type of movies. And it seemed to something be Something was up with their marriage or whatever. There's some kind of secret life he's living or whatever. But no, he seemed to be just a normal guy. Just nothing nothing weird or odd about him at all. And so he shows up. Well, he gets to the gate and it's locked again. And the gate is locked. Which so makes you think, up, again, it's the redneck character. Which is Owen, yeah. And then somehow, because the car's tires, like the car tires fell off, she got back in the house with the kids. She left her cell phone out there, and she can't call her husband. So now the killer has the cell phone, or the the, the victim guy, whatever that the villain. He's got the cell phone. He's got everything prepared. Everything in the house is like prepared for him to just startle her at all moments. But then, what's even more insane is when the husband reaches the gate and can't get there. He has made a plan for him too. Yep. He knew that he was coming. That which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. How would he know? A whole plan. Um, so he's got a note on the gate. He's got more ribbon, follow, like uh, like thread yeah, going out into the forest. Yeah, there's a note that says, um, "Come with us, come with me, or follow me, or something like that." Follow me like with that. the ribbon, and it's pitch black out. She, he's calling his wife, and then of course the cell phone is out in the forest where the ribbon is, and he's like, "Why aren't you answering your phone?" And he's talking to the phone. And out loud to his wife. He never shuts off his phone. He just keeps talking to her. Right. So which you is can hilarious. hear his voice come through on her cell phone, which is in the forest. So obviously the killer was luring him there for so, what would be his epic death. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's really funny. I don't even know, but 
do two phones when they're on static like make a static noise when like, they're next like to each other and they're on i really don't know i have never to been test that, that out but that's what happens and then he realizes wow something's wrong cut away we never get um him uh talking to anyone because we just get a cutaway and we're back at the house yeah. and we're back at more torture going on to these this family inside and you want to talk about the little girls freaking out okay can we talk about how freaking annoying kids are in horror movies I, I can't take it. It's like, no matter what, you know, there's somebody terrorizing the house. They're, you know, throwing things at the house, walking on, on the roof, just terrorizing them. And no matter what you tell a kid, they do the complete opposite of what they're told. So these two little girls, oh, mind you, fun fact, these two are actually sisters in real life. Okay. The two sisters could not possibly be more annoying. Now, this little girl, I get her situation. The one little girl, Maddie, is sick. She's poisoned. She was poisoned with that muffin or that cupcake or whatever. So I get it. She's sick. The other sister is just absolutely, she's older and she acts like she's younger. She's literally the whiniest, the one that doesn't listen at all. She, she follows her mother when her mother tells her to stay put. And, and hell just breaks loose. I mean, these kids are just so dumb. I have no patience. And it's like, she's freaking out. I mean, she's freaking out. I want daddy. You know, and I, my problem, and the reason I give these kind of things leeway in movies is because a lot of time I have to question how would kids really act during this? Yeah. Or how would people really act? And I think they would be losing their minds because yeah. i would be losing my mind. i mean i get it they're scared it, i get it and it comes through i think the problem here is they i don't think the director in particular is doing a good job telling them what to do and no. act and you can see a lot of the time she's trying to act in the background shots so when they're trying to drag the daughter out of the house to, to, to leave again you can see the daughter like pulling yeah and saying no She's still doing what she was doing in the kitchen, like, oh, start doing that thing again. But it looks off and it looks strange. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, like a lot of yell for my daddy, you're scared. And this this kid trying to act in that way that the director's telling them to. Like, why aren't you picking me up, mommy? Let's go, let's go. No. Let's go. Because I had your sick sister. Like, I can't pick her up. I can't pick you both up. Yeah. And I would say that um, the lead actress is doing double work by also wrangling these kids up. Yeah. She's doing so much work. And it's all really hinges on her acting. While it's not the worst, it's also just not that great. No. But I think a lot of that has to do with the director. And I think we have to start talking about that, too, is that the movie starts messing up and glitching. I, I don't know. I don't think it was our 
our streaming feed or whatever it was when we watched this, there's shots where the camera is blurry in the wrong timing. So it's supposed to unblur or whatever. It doesn't. It starts blurring in the shot and then it clicks back into right shot. And there's also a moment where they're hiding in the closet, the two kids, mm -hmm. and it seems to almost pause on a light. And it's very strange. Like the movie is freezing in a weird way. It's not, it didn't seem to be our, our, our uh, version of what we were watching. I think it was actually in the film. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was seemed weird. To have a lot of filming problems. Like they seem to not capture things properly. Yeah. But going back to the plot, he starts taunting the, the killer starts taunting the family now with audio tape of the husband saying all the things we already saw him say. Yes, like so that means he, he was first recording got to the, him. He was for, he first got to the, the gate and he was calling his wife, and that whole thing was being replayed for the lead actress. So they think that dad's home. Yeah, so they Although, think they're hearing their father outside the door. And this is great because in a Home Alone Macaulay Culkin situation, he's rigging up little specialties for them. So when she opens the door, we have a giant comical rope. That you would see like on a boat it is whole it's wrapped around a recorder like macaulay culkin would use in home alone yes playing the audio of the husband saying honey where are you all that stuff and it's just dangling in front of the door right and then she goes for some reason walks toward it to grab it yeah she walks toward it even though it's there it's it's literally Place there. It might as well say trap on it. Yeah, it might as well just say, you know, yeah, you're a dumb bitch and I'm going to yeah. just kill you right now. But she, this killer doesn't do that. He likes toying with her. Yeah, he toys with them. The so whole what time. happens next is really funny and it blows my mind because you have to question how did the killer do these things? So what happens next when she touches the recorder, her husband's dead body falls from the sky. Like literally falls. Like, I guess he was on the roof and he dragged the body somehow onto the roof mm -hmm. after he cut his arm off, cut his eyeballs out of his skull. Oh, yeah. You see that because you see the body and you see that his eyes and, and his arm are off. body falls almost onto her. Say goodbye to daddy. Bye, bye, daddy. From the roof. Now, I don't care how strong of a person you are. How do you have time to... Kill a man, cut off his arm, cut out his eyeballs, drag him from the woods back to the house, somehow get him on top of the roof. And this is a 200-pound man that you're, you're dragging. Get him onto the roof of the house so that you could literally rig up a pulley system. And that's what it is, a pulley and, system. And drop him in front of his wife. When she opens the door. And it had to be some kind of pulley system because when she he's attached to the rope, the recorder is. And it's if it was some kind of rope pulley system, yeah. it would have to have a weight. Right. Because he's so, he would be the heaviest thing in that yeah, scenario. Or for some reason he's the one that falls. Yes. Like and the and the recorder goes up. Yes. Like it's almost like they were on some kind of wench pulley thing. And I kept saying, Well, how the hell was that rigged? What, yeah. How did he do this? How like, did he, number one, have time to do such a thing, to rig this man up on the roof like that? Um, and remember. And not be seen, because also she's trying to run around trying to find her cell phone in the car, 
Um, and obviously he took the cell phone because we know that when the husband called, he had the cell phone. And when he goes and finds, she goes and finds that phone, by the way, she also sees a wrapped present in the back seat. Yes. Which he, of course, unwraps. Why? I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, there's somebody out there trying to kill you. You and your family. And she unwraps it to find that awful doll. So he's been in the house. So he's been in the house, but so, which we know because he was drawing in that book already. Well, naturally, she runs back into the house. Yes. And I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm baffled the at hell? the stupidity. I, I, I just have no words for how stupid this woman is. Because she now, she has to know one, he's in, the, he's been in the house. He can come in and go in the house. Two, he's been on the second floor. He's been on the roof. Yeah. Right. She runs back upstairs. She brings the kids upstairs after seeing the husband and hides upstairs and lays under so she could see through the door and tells the kids to hide under the bed. Now, he's already been up there. He yeah. could still be up there. He could still be she up never there. Questions he he at could once. be hiding in the closet. She doesn't know, but she does the dumbest move of all time. I mean, just the dumbest. So they're up in the bedroom. The killer turns the lights out. As one does. As one does. Enter for no reason whatsoever, the redneck from the beginning, Owen. He decides he's going to come back to the house for reasons unknown. Yeah, he's not the killer now, we find out. And we find he out he's up. not the killer, which saw, is what we thought, because it was very, like, you know, a horror trope that it would be just the random redneck guy. Um, but no, it was not Owen. Because he drives up and sees the husband's car still sitting there. And so then he says, oh, something is weird here. So I think he unlocks the gate and drives up. I don't think he walks up because there is another car that shows up. So now question, whose car is that? Is that Owen's or is that the husband's? The husband has his car there. But that's at the gate. Yeah, but then later on, we see the car is driven up into the... Well, is that Owen's? No, because it wasn't a truck. No, because there were Gibson. Okay, so now that's even more insane. Yeah. Because how did that car get there? Right. It must have been the killer that drove the car in there. So Wait, it was, so Owen left his car and walked up the Owen road? Owen must have left his car at the gate, yeah. And then the killer went and got the car. Then the killer went and got the car and drove it into up to the house. Holy shit. It, it's, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. All right, all right so that's like, even so more add crazy. add that on to the list of, of how did he do all this in, you know, in the time that he had. Yeah, because when the husband is getting killed, apparently, we also see that the family, the wife and the two kids are being messed with. So you're like, there's two people. Yeah, we and thought then there's two people, at least. Owen walks up, sees her in the window. She's trying to scream. Now, she can't figure out how to unlock a window. Yeah, or you know, use mind. a chair to break a window yes. so she could get Owen's attention and scream help. Now, Owen... Doesn't see the dead body's husband, the husband's dead body on the stoop, which is weird. But right he's out in this, front of the house. He stands there in front of the house and, like a dumbass, just keeps going, I can't hear you. Yeah, and she's banging on the window like a psychopath. So obviously something's wrong. Yeah, Why like, wouldn't I, he run into the house? I can't hear you. So, right behind him, of course, is the killer with an axe. She decides to break the window right as he is killing him. Yep. Why did she wait that long? Because she's dumb. Because Owen gets <laughs> hit in the face with an axe and dies instantly. It's just shocking how they made this character so freaking dumb. Like, everything she does. I'm, you know that your husband is um, traveling. He's on the road coming to 
the vacation cabin, why would you leave your cell phone in the car? And the worst part is that she made a comment about how she left it in the car. Like, why wouldn't you go get it? You know, like, what is wrong with you? You know your yeah, husband's That's right. Mind. Earlier in the movie, she does tell him, oh, I left it in the car. Yeah, I left it in the car. She never went to get it. And he says, well, I've been calling you for hours. Oh, my phone was in the car. Oh, you knew where it was. Why didn't you go get it? Like, this is just dumb shit that this woman does. She's just dumb. So, so the, now, mind you, a couple of things that I'm forgetting here is that one of his funny trap setups is that he's banging on the window. Of course, she looks out the window. A picture of from the house flies into the window, against the window, with all of the family except her scratched out. Yeah, There's stuff like that happening in this movie. It is the, the lengths that this guy's going to are insane, yeah. right? So then they decide to run out of the house. Now, the kids are like, daddy, daddy, daddy. Yeah. Like, they're freaking out. I want daddy. Daddy, no, it's not daddy. It was a trick. I want him. He's out there. I know he's out yeah, there. I mean, daddy's the kids out could there. not be more over the They're top. Freaking, freaking out. Freaking out. It was very over the top. I think they go to run out and they try to get away into the forest and get hit by eggs. Yeah, so the so killer... So then he's, now the killer is just laughing. And he's doing some kind of laugh out there? I mean, he's just fucking with them left and right. I mean, he's throwing eggs at them, the eggs that the, the husband, husband brought from the store that were in his car. He's throwing eggs at them. Like, it's just torment. It is just 100% torment. So everything we know about this movie so far, or we thought about this movie, that the, there was something up with the husband and he was maybe in on some kind of nonsense or shenanigans trying to take out his, his wife or whatever. No, it's all that was wrong. Same thing with Owen. Owen. The red herrings. Owen, completely wrong. The you know stereotypical um, you know red redneck guy wasn't him. wasn't him at all. So now who's left? Someone we don't know. Yeah, and, and you know what? We don't know. We don't know. And it doesn't matter because all we're told by seeing scratches of his name, we know that this is the person that went missing. Yes. That so, Owen told her in the opening. Yeah. It doesn't matter though, because what happens next is they run back into the house again. They don't know what to do. She's losing her mind. It's out of the house, and into the house, out he, of the house, into the house, like repeatedly. So, what else can this movie do to rip off any other horror movie you've ever seen? It has the jump through the window and grab the wife out of the window. Yeah. So, she is grabbed out of the window, and the kids are left to fend for themselves. Yep. So, now so he takes the wife, and the kids are running, screaming through the house. Um, he could have done this from moment one. He didn't need to do any of this. He was just literally tormenting them. He could have just killed the kids and took her anytime he wanted, but he is just tormenting. But now he's just like, you know what? I'm getting sick of this. I'm going to grab her. So he grabs her out. The kids are then fend for themselves. They find out the dead, that father's dead. They grab a knife. They are trying to get out of the house. She's the, the, the one, the older sister starts manning up a little bit. She's like, hey, we got to go. The other sister's like, no, I'm freaked out. I'm also tripping on some kind of drug. And that seems to have worn off now. And yeah, she seems fine now. Because she took some aspirin. 
the mom got her some aspirin. Yeah, I mean that's a well. That's well, a, there's stuff poison. happening in the house, and the guys stalking them. She decides to just pop her some aspirin. She gave him some. She crushed it up. Uh, the the like we gotta leave. You take this knife, and we're gonna get out the house. So they start going out the house. The kids walk out there. They find. I guess the father's car or Owen's car. I, I don't know whose car. No, it's it is. actually the father's car because the gifts that he bought them are in the car still. And yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that, that that gets crazy. That we got to come back to that. Um, they go up to the car, and they I think they start trying to get in the car, and they hear someone in the trunk. So they open the trunk, and the mother's in there, all tied up in the ribbon and tape. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the killer jumps out to hit them with an axe. They jump out of the way and he hits the mother in the trunk, in the stomach area, in the gut with the axe. With the axe. So I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, this well, movie's wow, willing to kill the, the main actress. They killed the main actress. I was like, wow, this, okay, that's all right. Maybe, maybe this movie can be saved. Yeah. So, so now the kids run back into the house, freaking out. The killer starts chasing them. But the killer is all of a sudden interrupted. And his assault on the kids by the music box? Yeah, he hears the music box. So that music box. The music travels. box that the father um, bought in the convenience store, which was a convenience store, not a department store, by the way. Those don't just exist, you know, in a in a convenience store, but that's okay. So he bought the the music box and I guess the the wife unwrapped the music box and opened it and you know let the music play. She's been stabbed with an axe. Now she's been stabbed in the gut, like almost severed in half. She decided she's going to get out of that trunk. She's going to leave the music box playing in the trunk to create a distraction. We got to point out, killer. Anybody who's ever had a music box knows that it plays a tune very low. Yes. It's not only outside, away from the house, mm -hmm. but it's also in a trunk. In a trunk. So and he hears it. He hears it, which is like it's know, on he's a megaphone. got like the best freaking hearing of all time. So and he, he goes over. He's wearing a potato sack mask on his ears. Oh yeah, and his ears are covered with the potato sack like mask. It, it does, when I say potato sack, I don't mean a sack that you put potatoes in. It looks like an actual potato. It does look like a potato. It really does. Like a like a like a peeled like, potato looks like that's been a, dirty. Like a plastic potato mask. We, we should have called weird. him Mr. Potato Head this entire we time. That, that's how it should have been. <laughs> that would have been like perfect. The worst. Yeah. He like just the, he's like the stereotypical like murderer he's, in yeah. movies. He Go hears on. the music box, goes out to the music box, and they have a fight with the axe. Yeah, they fight with the axe. Now this is the first time in the whole movie that this woman has actually stepped up and done something smart. So she she hits him with the axe. She kicks him in the nuts. She kicks him in the leg. She's fighting back. I was like, wow, this is gonna be you know this is good. This is good. You know she's actually. Fighting back. Just... How does it end? Because I honestly, at this moment, I think I blacked <laughs> out. I do not. I just was so like, this movie is insane. I mean, it's and, it just ends. Okay, so she does she does the kids kill him or does she kill? No, him? she kills him. She and he's dead. Clunks him in the in the head with the axe, and he's laying there dead. They get in that car and they drive off. And right? they drive off. So this guy who, let's just, let's just, uh, I'll just say who this guy is. Okay. We, first of all, we've never met this character at all. His name is John and he is, um, he grew up in that house. He grew up in the house 
And his name is carved in things all over the house, which they go out of their way to show us that John is carved in the wood, you know, on the table and outside on the pillar. And his name is just carved everywhere. So he grew up in this house and he decides that he wanted to tell the kids his story. So right smack dab in the middle of the movie, when after their mother is taken, he just decides that he's going to tell the kids who he is. I don't remember any of this happening. Yeah. He sits down on the bed that they're hiding under. He knows that they're hiding under this bed. Now, this is after their mother has been taken. Holy crap, I okay? So their mother's been taken, so they're hiding under a bed. They're scared shitless. And so this guy knows that, that, that they're in there. He sits down on the bed that they're hiding under, and he just decides to talk to them about his story, how he was a little boy, and he lived in this house, and then what? That's it. But why does that even matter? It I doesn't. think that's where I said to you, why did they just call this the stranger? Right. He said he was watching he was watching over the house, you know, every summer that they're there and wow. watching them, you know, grow up and watching them play and watching the family. What and, made um, a man? What why did he want to kill him? Why did he go bonkers? What happened? Is it because someone bought his childhood home? Is he bitter? Who knows? Who cares? Who freaking cares? It doesn't really There's matter. There's no rhyme or reason to the motive behind this killer. There's no... I mean, even Jason Voorhees had a better motive for killing teenagers than than this asshole. Like, there's literally no freaking motive. He just lived in the house as a child and just completely lost his shit. That's all. You know, it's like a simple movie like Friday the 13th. You understand that here's the movie. Kids come to this 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 camp. This this guy wants to kill them. That's the plot. Villain yeah. coming to get them. They got to get away and survive the night. That's the movie. Simple, yeah. easy. It's it's a gore film. It knows what it is and it's not trying to be anything different. Right. And that I know love a lot of people love the strangers. I'm not a fan of movies where villains get away with it. Like it's it's sometimes it's really interesting. I like a movie where, like in Seven, where the villain gets away with it in a sense. Like yeah. he completed his thing. That's the the whole point of the movie, and that's interesting to me. But when a movie is just about hey, a bunch of killers are going to kill people and yeah. they're going to walk away at the end, right? I don't, I usually get mad. I need a little bit of a victory. I need a hero. I need that final girl to kick ass. I love that kind of stuff. Then you got these movies like this. Where are none of those movies? It's taking from those movies, but then saying, "Hey, we have an explanation," and then the explanation is so overboard, overboard and convoluted mm-hmm. that you don't even care. Like, yeah, oh, like enough's why, enough. Who gives a shit? We don't want to sit here and listen to this Dillhole's freaking dialogue and his whole like you know drawn out conversation. These little girls don't give a shit who you are, dude. They're scared. Their fathers just their fathers just been murdered and their mother is missing and she could be dead because she was hit with an axe and she was hit with an axe so who knows what's happening to her and these little girls are hiding under a bed like just terrified they are not going to want to sit there and listen to your whole stupid story and it literally goes nowhere nowhere it's okay to be scared
Yes, John. I grew up in this house a long time ago. This movie was a colossal waste of time. It really is. It really comes down to just being a waste of time. Nothing matters. And all of the things that happened were red herrings that didn't matter either way. Yeah, it didn't. You're just being told things to keep you thinking that something else is going to happen. But then when they don't, you're like, why would we waste time on that? I know. It was just such a waste of time. Like, we didn't give a shit. There was, we've never met this character, so there's no reason why we would even need to get to know him because he just shows up. We don't know why he's terrorizing this family whatsoever other than that he lived in the house once. That's insane. I mean, it's so freaking stupid, and there's no, like, freaking, like... I wouldn't say I have seen worse, of course, but it's it's not good because at the end when the credits roll, you go, well, that was a waste of time. Because yeah. it really didn't have anything special. It was a waste of time. Everything we, you felt know, generic. Everything yeah. felt cliche. Everything. And we waited. I mean, I, I personally waited for the husband to arrive. So maybe he put up some sort of a fight or something. Mm. And there was none of that. Just none of that. You've seen these movies where there are a dime a dozen where the woman has to step up and protect her kids and become a badass and fight back. And the man is just freaking useless because he gets murdered right off the bat. <laughs> it's like, all right, we get it, okay? We get it. Like, you know, yeah. there's got to be a final girl or whatever. Yeah. But she was just an awful, like, character. She was awful. It, it was a barely there character. It, yeah. It, it really didn't. And why wouldn't the husband be involved? Maybe it would have been more interesting. You know, seeing yeah. the whole family trying to battle off this guy. Right. You know, a little something extra. It really just didn't have any spark to it. It didn't really have anything that stood out. There was no spark. It, and also, there was really no reason to care about this family. Yeah. Like, the kids were annoying. The mother was just, you know, completely a, a twit. I mean, there's really no reason to care about this family at all. I thought there was going to be a little something extra in there, like the husband was taking them up to the cabin so he could... Anything have them killed off or something because he's living a double life and he has another family somewhere and that's why he bought presents. But he was actually a good father. He turned out to I be mean, a good father. We don't know because we don't know that character and that character barely exists. Right, but I mean, there was no, um, you know, extra thing that the, the husband was doing that, you know, would have caused us to believe that he was a bad guy. Yes. He wasn't. You know, you know it makes me think of like this genre, this subgenre, this home invasion movies where you really can't go anywhere now with them because I'm thinking the last time it was inventive and the last one's come to my mind is the movie Hush, where oh, it was yeah. about a, I think she was blind, she, right? She, yeah, she was terrorized. Or she can't speak. No, she she can't hear. Or she can't hear. Well, that makes sense for the name. Right. But it, that's that's how inventive it's gotten. Or, or Don't Breathe, where the home invaders are actually going to be the ones you root for. Because the person who they're invading is right. crazy. Oh, she's deaf and mute in Hush. Okay. So that's how inventive it's gotten. It's gotten to the point where you have to make it more, something more interesting. Make a reason for this movie to exist. Right. And this movie didn't do any of that. And I think that after Hush and Don't Breathe, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, can we even have home invasion movies that are interesting? No. I don't think so. I really feel like this is a stale subgenre of horror. Although I did like your next. I like that one. Yeah, but again, your next had something interesting going on in it. It yeah. was also 
playing on the cliches and doing stuff with it and having a twist. So it's a little special, a little more special. They've found inventive ways, but the only way that the subgenre can continue is to stand out, right. to have a reason. And if movies just keep happening like this kind of movie did, where it was yeah. just like, hey, yeah, no, it's just a crazy person. This is a dime a dozen. But you know what? At yeah, least um, movies that you know we've seen in the past have some kind of reasoning for the killer to go ape shit. You know, like they have some kind of backstory that we learn throughout the film of why they're completely bonkers. But in this movie, they didn't even bother. Yeah, even if it was maybe a metaphor, a metaphorical, like, psychological thriller, then I'd be like, oh, I'm on board. Because yeah. at least it's doing something inventive with it. Yeah. But this, this is, it's nothing. just another one. There was nothing. It's just another home invasion where you only think fun about it is picking apart how insane the plan was for the villain. Yeah. How much he went out of his way. I mean, let's, you just got to break it down. He cooked and made, he put a table out for the kids to find. Yeah. Any one of these tricks could have backfired on him. And how how is he able? I mean, where where does he find uh, an oven? Number one, since yeah, he, he doesn't, we uh, don't even know if us. he Nearby. has a home because Owen is said, "I'm your closest neighbor." So there's no other houses anywhere out there. Well, maybe he's so in the, the house during the time that they're gone. Who, who knows? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't because even matter. We don't even want to know anything about him because it's just so stupid. I will suggest to anybody listening that uh, Behind the Mask of Leslie Vernon is the movie you should watch that mocks the whole idea of how crazy the villain setup is. Like, okay. it's a whole movie about it. Like, oh, we set this crazy stuff in motion for this to happen. And it is in itself laughably. It's just so laughable to see these things that these villains do. And you always have to crack up this the fact that you see there's a moment where the villain is setting up bodies why and and that in this movie that's all we're left with yeah. why is how did this villain do what he did i mean how how is he doing the things that he is doing in yeah. this movie like there's no way you're lifting a 200 pound man on top of a house how did he even get a, a a body up there yeah i mean it doesn't make any sense none of this movie makes any sense it's, i mean even when they try to explain it it makes no sense yeah, it and gets a like four this, from me. That's yeah, my score. It, I gave it a four, too, simply because, I mean, there were some moments where we were like, oh, okay, so it's not what we thought. And, you know, when we do get shocked. Yeah, there's some nice movies, cinematography rare, moments. There's some nice stuff there. Yeah, there's some things that are, you know, that are worthy of a four. But If the I lead think. actress would have been killed and the two kids ended up killing the killer, that would have been a little more special. That would have been badass. And it would have redeemed... The two kids, the actors, freaking out so much. These I know a lot kids, of people hate that. So I mean, these kids are just. I mean, we watched Becky, and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that movie was better than this one. Yeah, I didn't even love Becky. I don't know. I, I'm. We watched this, so you don't have to. And uh, I'm not happy about it. But you know, it was something we did. It it definitely is. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take care now.